The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, you know, it's kind of like he's here. Because he's not. Jeff Fisher in for Pat Gray today. Pat, uh, you know, the Pat Gray Unleashed program, we unleashed him. He didn't come back. So maybe somebody, you know, if you see him out there, maybe you drag him back in. He can come back to work. Uh, you know, he's off for a little, for a little while. Christmas holiday vacation. Spend some time with the family. We all want that, don't we? Don't we? Of course we do. Uh, you can still participate in the program. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Uh, I've got uh, a plethora of things on the table for you today. Uh, not the least of which, I wanted to introduce you to a, 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 a traditional family. I want you to keep in mind traditional, uh, long-established, customary, time-honored, established, classic, accustomed, standard, regular, normal, conventional, usual, orthodox, habitual, set, fixed, routine, ritual, existing in or as part of a tradition long-established, traditional. Remember that word. I want you to... Introduce you to 11-year-old Mason. He's living as a boy after being assigned female at birth. And then there's Joshua, 13, whose brown hair falls around her shoulders as she sits in her wheelchair. Her birth sex was male, but she knew from an early age that she was a girl. And then there's Daniel's fiance Shirley Austin. She's tall and blonde and smiley transgender too you know what the whole darn family is in transition all four of them yep all four of them and look last year joshua wanted to join girl scouts despite being raised a boy and that's when daniel introduced to a word he'd never heard before this was last year he'd never heard the word before last year transgender I find that hard to believe, but we'll let that one go. And when I finally looked, I realized, oh my gosh, they're trans. And I know it's true because I am too. And it's been my whole life. I knew it. Soon after, Joshua came out as a trans girl. Mason came out as a trans boy. Daniel knew to protect and support his kids. He had to live his authentic self too. So he cut his hair and went shopping in the men's section. I opened my eyes and looked in that dressing room mirror and went, oh, this is it. This is perfect. This is me. About the same time, Daniel met Shirley, who was, well, gosh, they were volunteering at a nonprofit for parents of trans youth. Like Daniel, Shirley had been married before, but she started transitioning. She... She figures she'd be single forever now. Daniel explains that they're actually very traditional. Are you? Are you? Are you traditional? Now, I will say, 
if you want to wear a dress, wear a dress. If you, I don't care what kind of clothes you want to wear, and I don't care what sex you are. Wear whatever clothes you want to wear. It doesn't matter. You want to dress like a girl, dress like a girl. You want to dress like a guy, dress like a guy. As been, like I care. I mean, I've dressed as a woman for several acting roles for this network. Doesn't matter. You want to dress like that, dress like. Oh, Jeff, that was acting. That's not real. You don't feel like that. Okay. But if you feel like you have to wear a dress every day, go ahead. Fine. If you're a female and you want to dress up as a male with men's clothing, go ahead. That's fine. I don't care. What I do care about is who's paying for it all. Now, Daniel thinks trans people have been in his family for hundreds of years. His grandmother's sister was what people used to call a cross-dresser. Her behavior scared his grandmother so much that she made sure that she had a daughter that would be feminine. Now, I would say that the reason for so many years so many families had their cross-dressing uncles is because the government wasn't paying for their surgery. So Uncle Joe just decided to, you know what? I'm just going to live as a woman and wear my dress. Okay, fine. But this family, this traditional family, whose the father was a female. I should, let me read. I got the male figure, right? The male figure was a female. The female figure was a male. The female child was a male, and the male child was a female. Right. And they're all traditional. (laughs) Just one big, happy, traditional family. Yeah. It'll be fun there. Now, researchers... Researchers have extracted DNA from blood samples of 10,000 people. 3,000 of them transgender and the rest non-transgender for, or, I'm sorry, um, cisgender. The project is awaiting grant funding to begin the next phase. Uh, If you're not sure what grant funding is, uh, that's money that the government just gives you. Oh. Oh, here you go. Take this money and go do with it what you told us you were going to do with it. And if you don't find anything out, don't worry about telling us. But if you do, break the news. That's fine. No, no problem. Now, knowing what variations transgender people have in common and comparing those patterns to those of cisgender people in the study may help investigators understand what role the genome plays in everyone's gender identity. Got it? That quest was made some transgender people very nervous. Why? <laughs> if it's a cause, and that cause is found, it could mean that there is a cure, potentially opening a door to so-called uh, therapies similar to those that attempt to turn gay people straight. Others raise concerns about the rights of those who may identify as trans, but lack biological proof. You can identify as anything you want, baby. Doesn't matter. Just know that I don't want our government paying for it. If there's a genetic component that runs in families, you might expect it to run only one way. 
For instance, if there's some family mutation that produces more feminized brains, you'd anticipate a few male members to identify as female. It runs both ways in Daniel's family. Well, of course it does. Of course it does. I wouldn't expect it to run any other way in Daniel's family. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Now, with Daniel and Mason identifying as a male despite being born female and Joshua identifying as a female despite being born male, what kind of gene variation would flip someone's gender identity to the opposite of their biological sex, irrespective of what that sex is? Got it? Exactly. That's exactly where you need to be. I just find it fascinating that once the little boy decided he wanted to be a girl. Then the girl decided that she wanted to be a little boy. Then the mother decided that she wanted to be the father. And they hooked up at a, you know, at a nonprofit trans youth for parents counseling center. And now the mother, who was a male, is part of the family as well. That's all. And you know what that is? That is traditional. That is a traditional American family. And I won't hear it that it's not. Every story you bring up about this family, and I, I mean, it's everywhere now because it's traditional, but they all start off with, Two dogs were roughhousing in a sunny backyard in Queen Creek. Nearby Little Lake games you could hear. A man in jeans and a button-down shirt was helping his son pump up his bike tires. It was one of those totally ordinary family moments. Eee, but not really. Because uh, it wasn't really that, but it was. So it was just a traditional family. I mean, nothing says traditional with this family. That's a traditional family right there. Right? God bless them. I just don't want the government to pay for it. That's all. I don't want my money paying for their changes. If they can do it on their own, great. Bless you. You feel like a woman and you have the money to make yourself a woman, bless you. You feel like a man and you have the money to make yourself a man, bless you. I don't want my money to pay for it. And I'm willing to bet. I wonder where the trans youth counseling center gets their money. Hmm. I don't know. Where could they possibly get their money? I don't know. It's just so darn strange to me that we have to pay for it all. I'm good. I'm good. Do you want to dress like a woman? Dress like a woman. Look. I have created uh, Moo Moo's by Jeffy. I am a fan. I am a fan of wearing loose-fitting garments that some people would consider, you know, dresses. But I, you know, I'm all for it. It's all you. But I don't want the government to pay for it. I want people to pay for themselves. I wonder how hard it would be for me to get funding to become a may have to try that just to see if I could get some money 
Because if you fill out the right paperwork, you can get grant money uh, easy. Study money, I was always a big fan of study money, but you have to have an end goal with study money. Your end goal in study money, you have to create something. They give you money, and they say, go tell us what that means. Why do people want to be uh, transgender? You get grant money. Grant money is just poof, poof. You get grant money and you can say, yeah, you know, I really want to go find out why people want to be transgender. Do you have, do I have to prove anything to you at the end? No, no, we're just giving you the money. Go see what you find. Uh, uh, Okay. Did you find anything? No. How come some of the other people did? I don't know. I mean, that's a good gig. You can get your hands on that. There's plenty of companies and universities that have people diligently filling out study and grant money papers. I've been a, uh, a proponent of that for years. Well, why am I pro- a proponent of that? I have no idea. It's government money. I don't want the government paying for this crap. They shouldn't be doing it. There shouldn't be all this study and grant money. So I'm torn. Okay, I'm torn. I don't want Daniel to feel bad about being a female, but he's a male. I don't necessarily want to be paying for it either. But look, it's a struggle for them. And they're a traditional family. I understand. Nothing, nothing says traditional. Like the mother, the female who is a male, and the male who is a female, and the little girl who was a boy, and the little boy who was a girl as a family. Nothing, nothing is more traditional than that. This is the Pat Gray Show. Pat Gray Unleashed. Oh, my gosh, I got to call it. I keep, I keep forgetting Unleashed. <laughs> sorry. Okay, sorry. Uh, you, can, uh, you can communicate by dialing 888-900-3393. You can uh, tweet us. Pat Unleashed at Jeffy MRA. Just use that Jeffy MRA. I'm not looking at Pat Unleashed, okay? <laughs> you can tag him if you want, but I'm not looking at it. You can go to his Facebook page. Ooh, we've got some Facebook news today, too, later. Ooh. Not good for you Facebook people. Not good. And it might really... It's probably for all social media. We're all doomed. Don't you know that? We're all doomed. And some great robotic stuff today that was fascinating me over the weekend and it's uh while you hear from some people on this network you know um what's his name you know the guy before this show oh yeah glenn beck you hear before him he believes that big changes are coming i I think they're already here (laughs) i keep saying changes are coming i think they're already here uh we've been gradually hoodwinked into being doomed and we're i think we're there so we're almost Got to just kind of hang out for the ride now because it's too late. The box has been opened. There's no shoving stuff back in. You can try. You can try to shove stuff back in. You can try to put the box back in the closet and close the door and hope that it doesn't open up again, but it will because it's not locked. And then it'll be inside the closet going, hello. We're already here. You know you're going to be doomed. So there's some really fascinating stuff that uh, where we're at. 
And uh, trust me, a lot of people aren't going to be happy about where we're at. I kind of am. Let's just have it. Let's just bring it. But I digress. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. Jeff Fisher sitting in for him today. Uh, Plenty of news coming up after this. You're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. Follow Pat on Twitter at Pat Unleashed and send him your thoughts using the hashtag TellPat. The Blaze Radio Network. Gray is here. This is Pat Gray on Lace. Jeff Fisher sitting in for uh, Pat today as he uh, takes a few uh, well-deserved days off uh, for the holidays. Uh, 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can use it if you want to. If you don't sit there, sit down, relax, drink your coffee, smoke your smokes, take it easy. Blaze Radio Network is here. No problem. We're here, you know, I mean, really, there's no place you really need to go. I mean, you, you listen to this broadcast. You have Doc Thompson in the morning. You've got Glenn Beck following that. You've got this program following that. And then uh, we give you a little, a little little tease with Glenn Beck replay, and then you're back into Buck Sexton. I mean, hello. There's no need for you to go anywhere else than right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Okay? All right, we're good. So I see that... Uh, it's going to be a busy, busy travel holiday weeks. And uh, right now, we've got a breaking story where multiple uh, uh, fatalities uh, on an Amtrak train that has crashed in Washington State. Uh, it derails uh, on an overpass, off an overpass, into a highway in Washington. And there's questioning uh, exactly how many cars are uh, are injured and on the train and how many people could quite possibly be injured. They're saying multiple fatalities. Um, they're also saying that there were uh, possibly 70 people on the train, but nobody is giving a, uh, any exact numbers. Uh, one of the things that I like, the one news report that they've got, uh, they have an emergency crew are there, the highway is shut down, they're rescuing people as we speak. Bless, bless them. But I was just wondering, you know, uh, did Washington State ban helicopters or something? Because we should have a we should have a helicopter shot of this by now, and there isn't one. This is America. This is two thousands. What year is this again? We are not back in the dark ages. Okay, there should be a helicopter shot of this crash right now as we speak, and yet there isn't. We only have one, maybe two camera shot of this train hanging over the overpass. I want helicopter shots of this. We have to see how many trains, what it looks like from above. Don't they know that? Get the helicopters out there. <laughs> Good news, though, on the travel, though. I know it's a big travel. Look, I got it. All right? Be, relax. Take a breath. Because the TSA is prepared for heavy volume of passengers this holiday season. You knew they would be. They've struggled with it before, but not this year. More than 40 million passengers and crew will be screened by the TSA, right? 40 million. So they're expecting anywhere from 100 to 400,000 additional travelers at checkpoints nationwide each day. No problem. Now, the end of the year holiday travel period extends from December 15th through January 2nd. 
December 21st through and Friday, December 22nd, busiest days of travel period, 2.1 million passengers. I don't know if you ever traveled on the Christmas holidays. I have. And it is not fun. I've traveled on Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving to get somewhere on Thanksgiving. That didn't happen. I've traveled somewhere on Christmas Eve to get somewhere on Christmas. Yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, Technically, it did. Thanksgiving travel uh, was supposed to be there the night before I got there on Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving was disrupted, well, you know, for me coming into the airport. Same with Christmas. Supposed to be there Christmas Eve. Eh, eh, Nope. Uh, Nope. You're not going to be. You're going to be stuck here. Uh, How's Charlotte? How's Charlotte looking to you tonight? Because Charlotte, that's a good city for you to stay in overnight tonight because you're not leaving that city tonight. Okay. (laughs) We're going to try to get you out tomorrow morning first thing. (laughs) Uh, But not not tonight. It's not going to happen tonight. There's nothing happening tonight. So. It really is, uh, it sucks to travel over the holidays. So I feel, I feel your pain. I feel your pain traveling over the holidays. But the TSA has got you covered. But I want you to know that uh, in order to handle the increased passenger volume on peak days during holiday travel season, there's going to be up to 1,400 additional officers working at the top 50 airports. And look, passengers flying out of the nation's busiest airports can also expect to see canine teams working at checkpoints as well. They're going to have 55 more canine teams on the job this year compared to 2016's holiday season. Good. That's what we need. Dogs are probably a little bit smarter than some of the regular TSA humans working at the airports. I think we can all agree on that. Now, we continue to raise the baseline for aviation security. (laughs) Do (laughs) you? TSA, do you? Ugh. Those K-9 teams will help increase and expedite screening at more than 30 of the nation's busiest airports. Right. They sure will. Now, it's common. This is what gets me, find, I find kind of strange. Uh, because I travel, and I believe, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in, like, uh, carry-on. Uh, no checking. I mean, obviously, when you travel with family, you've got to check luggage, and you've got to do this. And it's a, it's a real, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. But if I'm traveling by myself, no checking. Carry on only. On and off, man. Let's in and out. Let's go. But it's common for passengers to travel with gifts. If a raft gift triggers an alarm, the gift might need to be unwrapped. You can guarantee there's not a TSA agent in America that's not going to unwrap your wrapped present coming through that line. You know they will. Instead of wrapping a gift, travelers are encouraged to use a gift bag or a gift box so the alarm can be resolved by simply removing the item from the gift bag or gift box without needing to unwrap it. Or passengers may consider wrapping the gift upon destination arrival. For other holiday-related travel tips like transporting snow globes, pies, cakes, and toys, read our holiday travel blog post. If you are flying and you are bringing snow globes, pies, cakes maybe you get off the hook a little bit with toys a little uh there's an issue if you're holding up my tsa line because you're trying to get through with a pie i'm gonna be pissed (laughs) i'm gonna be pissed okay come on now come on you know better it's not 1952 it's not it's not even 1970 okay you should you, you can get your pies in another city. Yeah. 
There's bakeries going on in other cities. It's an amazing thing. You can get your cakes in other cities. You know what else you can get? You know what else other people have all over the country? Snow globes. You can get those anywhere in America. You don't need to travel with them. You don't. But not only is the TSA ready to assist you in your holiday travel, not only is Amtrak going to be giving you good ads from now until the beginning of the year because of this crash in Washington State today, we're going to hope and pray that there's no trouble at airports, right? Like there was yesterday at the Atlanta airport. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns. On the Blaze Radio Network. I might, I know, you know, I don't know. You might, I might or might not. I don't know. Thanks. You know, you didn't say, I, you didn't keep saying, I might not, because I might tell you that. You know, I may or may not. Doc Thompson uh, stopped by and gave, Doc Thompson stopped by and gave me a free gift. I'm excited. It's like Christmas. It's a, it's a pet. So Chris Cruz stopped by uh, from the Doc Thompson program. You know, one of Doc's two boys and gave me a gave me a present. And if you see it here, it's a it, it looks like an ordinary pit. Yet not. it's not. On the outside, it says Riduzone for healthy weight, metabolism, and appetite. I don't know why he gave this to me. And uh, oh boy, I didn't mean for you to stay. Uh, just go to Riduzone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. Riduzone. What it does is it works on something called OEA. OEA is found in a lot of products that are popular with the Mediterranean diet, uh, including stuff like uh, olive oil. But in order to get a concentrated amount of uh, that, you'd have to drink uh, gallons of it. Instead, you can just take Riduzone right here, R-I-D-U-Zone.com. What it's going to do, it's going to make you feel a little bit fuller. It's going to speed up your metabolism just a bit. They're a sponsor in the morning. I just didn't know if you'd heard of them yet, so just let you know. Is it Okay. We just we just met with the client and they uh, like see the pen. Look at how, this. how many do I have to take to make me feel fuller? Oh, just six or seven for you, like a uh, like a dump truck. But <laughs> do you remember the shots of the Cookie Monster where they would take the, yeah. the front end loader and just pour them, whatever? That's what you're gonna need. Okay. So something like that. Yeah. So it's Riduzone. <clears throat> yeah, but for the rest of us, it's Riduzone and it's uh, it's gonna help you out quite a bit. How do you so, spell that again? R I D U Z O N E, Riduzone. Thank you. Yeah, good help. I just want to talk about the free present. I didn't care about the ad. I mean, thanks for stopping. Let me tell you about free presents. If you go to, no, it's uh, yeah, the pen's pretty cool, isn't it? It is kind of slick. Yeah, I thought it was a space pen, but it's not. It's far from a space pen. No, why you, you ask? can't write upside down when you're in bed. Plus, you can write in the dark. Plus, all right, check it out. It's a pen, right? Okay, you got it. Close part. Boop. Ink pen. Da, da, da. Hello, dear mm-hmm. mom. Okay. Now, you say, hey, it's nighttime. Oh, I have to see. I have a light. I can there see. There it is. See? Huh? Ooh. Now. It's like a Swiss Army pen. I have a light. However, 
If I wanted to write and see what I was writing, I'd have to look and then write real fast and then come back and see if I got it right. No, just take the, no, no, take the cap off and aim the light at it while you're writing. No, that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. I can't. <laughs> that's the same. I can't. I can't. Well, I need another pen. That's why you get yourself a little mirror to reflect the light back down while you're writing. Just hold it on top of the light. Oh, and I forgot to mention also uh, the top of the piece that does nothing for you except come off and have the logo on it. For it's a stylus. It's a stylus for using your phone. See, there you go. Well, your handheld device. That on uh, a gift from the Zone people. So thank you so oh, much. And whoa. by the way, I just stopped in to say thank you for covering for me last week on the air. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. I look it. Uh, anytime uh, a man isn't man enough mm-hmm. to come to work after his child has been born, I'm here for him. Good, good deal. So there it is. You know, there it is. Good anytime, deal. Good deal. Anytime. I, I still like a little I, bit of a shot there. No, I think no, about no, it. no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. I mean, the baby okay? Is the wife, <laughs> the family, fine. everything's good? good. Yeah, everything's solid. Yeah. Uh, Thanks yeah, for asking. I, I actually lost uh-huh. money on you last week. Really? Why would you think? Because I bet you'd be back by Thursday. <laughs> Yeah, oh, honey, no, I got a poof, man. Look at the time. Did I say the whole week? Yeah, that was not going to, she was not going to allow no, that to happen. I know. She wasn't going to, That's but sad. did I, did I want to? Oh, not so much with the baby, but with the man, 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 with the mother-in-law, that was. That's the one. I don't know what you're talking about, doc. I have my mother-in-law and father-in-law living with us and it's wonderful. <laughs> hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. I'll let you back in. <laughs> so you got a lot of paper sprung out over That's here. What's a all this? Thing, the stuff I might may or may not get to. I'm going to take a picture of this and tweet it out at the uh, at Doc Constant <laughs> Show because people have to see because there's no way you're you going to use know. any of this. I know. There's no way. There's no way. I mean, I'm still, I'm still, I haven't even got to Atlanta yet. And Atlanta's in my hour one show prep. I mean, well, I'm halfway through. Time. Let me not take up any more of your I time. I know. Okay. I mean, how can people? Okay, very good. I mean, and then we've got right. the, we've got the UPS, this story, the UPS story, and I've got the UN story, and I've got the seven dirty words from the CDC story. I mean, there's just a plethora of things. Do you have the long ear story, too? The long ear story? No. I'll bring that in. You can use it. (laughs) I mean, the story about long ears. I'll bring it in. (laughs) Why why, Why does that feel not like that's not right? The long ears. Because you get... When people get old, they get long ears, right? Right? The older you get, the bigger the ears get. Isn't that what it's supposed to be? I don't know. Boy, what fun. Thanks for Doc Thompson for stopping by, wandering around the building, doing nothing but bothering people. Check it out, though. Kind of cool. Radio zone. I don't like it, except I can't. Wait a minute. I wonder if I can... This come oh, this doesn't come apart, right? Oh, it might. Hold on. I can't. If you could, I wonder if it could come apart so that you'd be able to write and light at the same time. It's an important feature that I'm a little disappointed doesn't happen. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, this is the battery. No, it won't work. What the heck? All right, so you're going to have to have a mirror. You're gonna... <laughs> I've now destroyed my present. Okay. Sorry about destroying my Riduzone. Oh, no. Oh, no. I seriously destroyed it all. No. All right. <laughs> 
Thank you, Ridgey Zone. Appreciate it. I uh, really do. Means a lot to me. All right, so for 11 hours yesterday, 11 hours, power outage. Power outage at Atlanta's Hartfield Jackson International. They got it back last night. It was late last night when they got it back. Shortly after the power came back, some passengers lined up at security screening, hoping to beat the crowds as the TSA checkpoints opened up at 3.30 a.m. It was a log jam. If you saw the tweets and followed the pictures and the news reports from Atlanta, it was a nightmare. But they brought it back up. The plane train was up and running at 10.15 this morning. Uh, Power restored at midnight. Uh, Concessionaries were opening. TSA security lines open. Passengers urged to check airlines for flight info. TSA checkpoints were open at 3.30. And this is the most important thing to remember that might have been fun for a lot of people that I'm sure really, really made people happy in Atlanta. Passengers with tickets dated 12-17. You know, with the passengers that all got stuck there because there was no power yesterday on 12-17. They will have to get their tickets reprinted before uh, being processed through checkpoints. So if you were in a checkpoint with yesterday's ticket, eh, eh, no, sorry, got to go back, get a new ticket, get a new ticket. All right, have a nice day. Good luck, God bless. It's all for you. We're here all for you. I was amazed at the coverage of the airport and how people uh, were stranded. Um, Chick-fil-A. Uh, brought in food. Some people were moved uh, to uh, to some different places around Atlanta. But uh, when the airport uh, power came back on, they brought uh, water to passengers. And uh, Chick-fil-A uh, opened up um, on a Sunday to bring food to the passengers who stranded at the airport. Um, a wonderful, beautiful thing. People, look, when you're in that kind of a situation, as bad as it sucks... As bad as it's frustrating, as bad as it's your want to be mad. Um, those are the times when we find most people, not all, but most people are not that way because there's nothing you can do. We're all in the same boat. Okay. Got to be able to, we've got to be able to survive this and come through it. We will calm the hell down. Now, apparently, there was an underground fire. Uh, not far from the airport, a uh, big power substation that burned, and uh, that's what knocked out the power at the airport. And so they had to wait until they got the fire out, and then they had to get down into where the fire was and try to figure out what the fire burned, which is what took so long to be able to reinstate and get fix what was the what caused the problem. Um, so it took about twelve hours. You know, not bad, except that when you think about the world's busiest airport and you think about the repercussions of that, that's why, you know, that's why you always want to kind of my helpful hint to you flying is to fly early. And I mean, leave early first flight out, man. If you can get to the airport and be the first flight out, do it because everyone on those flights wants to get where they're going. Pilots. They're not stewardesses. Okay. Flight attendants. Passengers. Everybody wants to get where they're going because you get one screw up in Atlanta, one screw up in Boston, one screw up in Phoenix, one screw up in Dallas, which doesn't happen much at DFW, but it does. 
And you are domino affecting the rest of the country. And that's exactly what happened in Atlanta. I mean, hundreds of flights just sitting at other airports around the country because they were supposed to go into Atlanta and they're going nowhere. And flights on the ground, the tarmac in Atlanta, power goes out. And there you sit on the tarmac. No place to go. I would probably bribe my pilot. Turn this thing around. We just landed. Turn it around. There's no more flights coming in. Let's go. Let's take off. We'll find another airport. Come on, man. You don't want to be here. Neither do we. Back it up. Let's go. There's nobody behind us. The other planes are still circling. They can't land. Let's go. Turn it around. Let's take this thing out. (laughs) It'd be funny if it happened, but it won't. There's no way they would do that. I've been stuck on the tarmac way too many times. It is not fun. You know what they do to really tick you off at the airport, too, come to think of it, is, you know, everybody complains about the overbooking. Well, as a key to the overbooking, let's say I fly, I leave from DFW to Phoenix, and I'm catching a connecting flight from Phoenix to, I don't know, let's just use a, you know, for a lack of a better example, Boise, Idaho. And so they've oversold the flight from Phoenix to Boise. All right. Now, they haven't oversold it from the people in Phoenix that are going from Phoenix to Boise, but they've oversold it if everyone from Dallas makes that flight to come to Phoenix. Okay? So they're banking on not everyone making the Dallas flight and then being able to use those seats for the people in Phoenix. Oh, that doesn't happen. Oh, what? So, I, I mean, the flight I was on, the guy, when we took off, the guy said, hey, we're leaving right on time. We're going to you in Phoenix. We're going to be perfect time. And we got more than three quarters of the flight to have connecting flights. All right. Everybody on the plane, almost everyone on the plane had connecting flights in Phoenix. So he was getting there. He was a happy, he was a happy little camper pilot. We're going to get you there. We're going to make you happy. Now, this might, that might have all been a ruse to keep the passengers at bay. Because once we hit Phoenix... You land on the tarmac, and there you sit on the tarmac. Uh, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, it's all backed up on the tarmac. We'll try to get you in on time. We'll try to do our best to get you in on time. What we're going to do is uh, the people that have a connecting flight, the earliest connecting flight, once we get to the, the dock, those people are going to leave first. So you think, okay, cool. We still got time. We're heading to the dock. We still got time. Those people, the, the people who have the, uh, the earliest connecting flight closest to the time, we're going to let them get out the plane first, and we'll do that in order so we'll all catch our flights. Right? Okay. Go up to the dock. Oh, I know I told you that uh, everyone uh, had a connecting flight and that we were going to let the earliest connecting flight off first. But guess what? Nope, we're after everybody has to leave the plane and you've got to leave now. So let's just all stand up and back up the plane and not be able to get off the plane. Okay, yay. Nightmare. Nightmare. Now. I know that I've told the story before because it really makes me angry. And I, I'm lucky that I'm not in jail. If it wasn't for my wife, I'd be in jail. I would be probably still be sitting in Phoenix in their jail. Because 
I got through the crowd of the plane. I got my wife. I have my two children, my two youngest children. Got through the Phoenix airport. I don't know if you've ever been to Phoenix. Phoenix is not like it's a, you know, a little corner airport. So you got to do some distance to get to your connecting flight. And I get to the connecting flight and I'm like, yes, still have time. I came around the corner. I came around the corner. Wife, two children in hand. I don't run, but moving quickly. And as I make the turn, I see the door starting to close to airs. No, we're right here. She closes the door in my face. Open that door back up. We're right here in front of you. I've already closed it. Once it's closed, that's it. Are you freaking kidding me? That's when my wife stepped in because at that point, if there had been another, are you freaking kidding me out of me? It would have been worse with stronger language. And it also would have been, uh, I would have been arrested. (laughs) I would have been arrested. So then they made us go to the help desk. They wouldn't let us on. And we went to the help desk and we're standing in line. And I hear the lady from, uh, the airline say, uh, can I help you? I don't know. Can you? And once again, she looks up and my wife just takes my arm. And if it wasn't for her, seriously, I'd be in jail. Because I still, if I see the lady that closed the door in my face or the lady that asked me if she could help me from that airline ever again on the street, oh, there could be a problem. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Unleashed. Welcome to the uh, Pat Gray Unleashed program. Jeff Fisher filling in. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow us on Twitter, Pat Unleashed, or at uh, Jeffy MRA. It's fine. I'm not going to do the Pat Unleashed. All right? I'm not going there. You want to communicate, Jeffy MRA. It's fine. So, apparently, uh, since Pat's not here, people think, oh, hey, Jeff's here. I'll just stop in. Okay. So, Sarah Gonzalez. Oh, hey, look who just stopped in. Sarah Gonzalez. Hi. Hey, hi. Do I turn oh, my this? Gosh. oh, my gosh. Yeah, turn around here. Fix your little That's microphone. I don't even know how to work these. I know. I, f- I feel like I'm going to break you just it. Just grab it and pull. Okay. So, anyway. I'm familiar with that. <laughs> so, uh, you stopped in to promote. I mean, you have a new article. To work. I mean, you work for The Blaze, right? I mean, what's uh, your gig around here, anyway? What I are you just, doing? I just hang out and come Hope talk for to a people. TV shot? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good gig. That's what people do these days, right? I love that gig. Are you making any money in it? No, not at all. Well, what are you doing it for? Uh, I mean, I just love you guys. I just love well, you guys we so much. Love you too. Okay. So, I mean, I do. What's I your do, latest? I do have. Uh, of a, course, you do. I do have a video. I do have a video at the at theblaze.com. It, was this filmed in the room that's no longer used anymore? It was actually filmed in a, a random hallway. In what building? Uh, it, it was in this building. It was, oh, okay. it was upstairs in the hallway. 
We um, it's a video kind of recreating the Daniel Shaver, uh, Arizona Police Department shooting, and kind of going through the steps that he was given to show how confusing the instructions were. Is that the guy that was from here? Yes. Right. And yes. he was the guy that uh, he said, "Don't shoot me." Yes. Right, but he wasn't following instructions. Right. Well, he, did he was not follow instructions about keeping your hands up. Right, but down, they were right? like, "You're on his side, aren't you?" I am. Okay, I am. Okay. Well, they were very contradictory I, instructions. I heard. That, listen, I'm gonna tell you something. I'm, I'm gonna go to your story. I'm gonna watch. Do you have the video too? The yeah, actual so footage. A, I did the yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, you did the whole thing. Don't talk. To, don't get mad. <laughs> don't get mad. Calm I'm down. I'm getting mad. Oh, you were pissed right there for yeah. a second. Yeah. Okay, so I, I, I apologize for not having. Covered your story in my brain already. Apology accepted, I guess. the video that I heard, I didn't see it. The video that I heard. All right, so I I only heard the audio from the video. Rephrase that. It sounded as if he was not following instructions. You have. And if you don't follow instructions when the police officer gives them to you, you are at fault. No. You have. Okay, first of all. You have to watch the video to go along with the audio. Don't first. I I have to. I have to, Jeffy, because in order to to form an informed opinion on it, you have to actually see the footage and see how scared this guy is. I agree. Sometimes I agree. I I agree 100%. So, and he's, he's drunk. Right, and so he's trying to follow instructions. Do we have that video? By the way, does TV have that video? I mean, I didn't give them two or three weeks' notice, so there's probably possibly no <laughs> way that they could have it for the show. It's only a video and, up on our website, but that's it. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. They can go. We can drive some traffic to TV's the blaze.com. So pissed at me right now. <laughs> so um, yeah, he was. You're telling someone uh, to crawl, and then no, but wait, don't uncross your legs and raise up. But don't don't uncross your legs. Cross your legs. Don't uncross your legs. Crawl forward. No, keep, stay with your hands up. I mean, it was very confusing. It was very confusing. Go with this guy. And the guy's reaching to to pull up his pants. What? That's he didn't what have it a looks belt like. on. Yeah, he's right? trying to pull up his pants. Because I think he told him he didn't have a belt crawling. on, if I remember right. It's been a couple weeks. Since I didn't. He, I didn't hear that. But it uh, it uh, he's in a hotel, mm-hmm. and he's firing his. He was showing off a pellet gun. A pellet gun, which my I mean you. Can a pellet gun? Oh my God! Oh, he's shooting a pellet gun. Never mind. We'll drive. We'll let him, let him just continue to do that. Well, he's I, shooting or you know, weapon I don't know that he was Phoenix. shooting it. I just let, don't worry about it. There's no, hold gun. on, hold on. There was a another guest who saw him holding it up, like he was showing it off through a window, and they called the front desk and said, "I see someone holding a gun in a window." So he didn't actually shoot it off, right? And oh. and in Arizona, I believe that it's open carry. So. You did the story. Don't, look, don't ask me a question. You did the he story. Would, I mean, if it was open carry, what laws would he have been breaking? And I mean, you say, you know, people have to follow police commands, but what if the police is taking advantage of a situation and they're power hungry and they're overstepping their bounds? You're still supposed to listen to them? I, well, you know what? Or else you get shot? I would have to say that, it, yes, you do. Yeah, you do. You have to listen to them. That's part of the, the response. Look. Are the police always right? No. Absolutely not. No. But in the heat of the battle, in the heat of the battle, you're going to lose if you think you're going to be a civilian and not follow the police instructions. You can fight it later. No, I mean, I. But on the other end, on the the inside of that. They have, you know, six people with guns pointed at you and you're just one person. 
But I'm, what I'm saying is at what point do you say that, you know, maybe we need better training for these police officers or we need a better way to sort out who is probably not you know fit to be to a police officer? We need to have gun-free zones. Is what <laughs> well, I'm not happen. saying that. We need to have gun-free zones. I'm not saying that at all. Happen. No, that's what I heard. No, that's that what is I heard not from what Sarah I Gonzalez. said. You know, because if, if we just would ban guns, Ban guns altogether. I am not for that. I will if we state could just that ban very clearly. guns altogether. Then, then we'd have a safer community. Is that what I heard? No, no, that is not I, what you I, heard. I, I'm a big Second Amendment advocate. I am just sure. That's no, what I heard. that is not what I said. <laughs> Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, no, he's not. I mean, this is a show, Pat Gray Unleashed, but uh, he is off. And me, my, Mo, all here going in for him. 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you'd like to participate. You can also uh, tweet us, Pat Unleashed. And at Jeffy MRA. I was listening to the top of the hour newscast and ESPN president John Skipper announces he's resigning from the network due to a substance addiction problem. Wow. Have a nice day. I've struggled for many years with a substance addiction. I've decided that most important thing I can do right now is take care of my problem. Good for you. I hope you do. Uh, is mutually agreed that it was appropriate time for him to resign, I bet. Doesn't say what the substance was, and if it was just one substance or more. Many of us, I mean, many people have uh, multiple substance abuse issues. Perhaps it was him that uh, got in trouble. Well, this was in Indiana, so it probably wasn't Skipper. But uh, so a customer drives through the uh, fast food restaurant. And says uh, the uh, <laughs> broad street gyros. Uh, I think there's cocaine in my takeout order. Uh, still, police you found a small baggie of white powder stuffed inside a plastic foam cup along with her cheese sticks. Now, this is where I I struggle. Because why not just go back and sell it back to the guy? Here's, yeah. Oh, then I'm promoting drug use. That's right. Never mind. Yeah, I'd like some cheese sticks and a little blow on that, too. Please, it'd be great. Along with the owner, there's a woman she had never seen before. I told her, hey, we're going to hook you up. <laughs> this is the wrong car. Fantastic. Hey, don't worry about it. We're going to hook you up. Now, later, she became suspicious when someone from the restaurant called her and tried to get the bag back. <laughs> I hope that the person at the fast food restaurant that I go through doesn't have my phone number. But if they do, when they do, hey, uh, hey, you know that bag we just sold you uh, with the cheese sticks in it? Yeah. Um, 
listen, there's a little problem, and uh, I could come and get it from you right now and bring you some fresh cheese sticks if you'd like. It doesn't matter where you're at, but uh, or you could just bring them back because uh, there's a problem, and I'll get you some new ones. But whatever you do, don't look inside, and there's a problem. So the police came back, brought their dogs. The dogs found drugs inside the women's bathroom uh, and a drawer in an office, but no cocaine was found. Yeah, they put it in the package with the ladies' cheese sticks. Now, this is a little much. Griffith, Indiana, town council, voted unanimously to let the restaurant's business license remain suspended until police reserve surveillance footage from the day of the incident. Come on now. The restaurant's been shuttered since November 22nd. Come on. Come on now. You going to shut down the restaurant because some kids are dealing drugs out of it? Come on now. Come on. Plus, who doesn't want some cheese sticks with a little bit of blow? Right? <laughs> I obviously would not. It would be completely wrong to do so, and I would turn them into the police immediately without hesitation if I were to find cocaine in any packages served to me from a fast food restaurant. Period. Okay? Period. So how about this? I'm torn. So a man says He's getting some inheritance from his family. And he's going to get an inheritance of $850,000. Now, they're finalizing the details of the will in February, last February, and uh, sent it to a local UPS store near Cornwall, Ontario, where he was expecting a package from his sister containing his share of the inheritance in a bank draft. Now... They sent it in a bank draft because the bank said uh, it's the safest way to send money. Taylor sent the money through UPS from her lawyer. It was about 270 miles to Georgetown, Ontario. And so Herbert wouldn't have to worry about picking up the money. She got the bank draft. UPSed it. There we go. Herbert, I'm waiting at the UPS store around 3 p.m. because that's when they said the guys came in. Nothing shows up. I came back in the evening. Nothing shows up. And I'm wondering, what's happened to my inheritance? Huh. Now, the good news. If you can have any good news over losing that bank draft of $850,000. UPS says, hey, look. It happens. We've done an exhaustive search. Sorry. Okay? We're, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. Occasionally, the laws of a package does occur. Our records indicate that our team followed UPS protocol and an exhaustive search for this package was completed by our operations and security teams. Now, we were not able to find the package, but... Look, we looked. Sorry. And I'll tell you what. I know you're looking for that bank draft of $850,000, but 
We'll, we'll make, you know what? I'll refund your thirty-two fifty for the shipping. Okay, and then we'll be good. I should tell you something a little bit anyway. Thirty-two bucks to go two hundred seventy miles in an envelope. A bank draft is not even a heavy package. That's just an envelope that has a bank draft in it. I mean, starting to get up there. Ups. However, now you figure, well, it's a bank draft. No problem. It's a bank draft. We're good. Nobody's cashed it. The bank will just issue another one and get, make that one go away. No, sorry. Wish we could do that. But the, re- the bank is refusing uh, to refund the money unless Taylor signed an agreement to pay them back. If someone cashes in the lost draft. Now she signed the agreement. And yet the bank still hasn't paid any money. The bank also demanded that she let TD, that's the bank, put a lien against her house if the draft was cashed. She said, uh, no. No. Uh, Before we can agree to a replacement or reimbursement, we need to appropriate security to be in place. Um, you know the money's there. The money is in an account. Nothing has been stolen. It belongs to this man. Give him his money. Now they're saying, why, and, and by the way, if she says she'll give it back, if someone tries to cash it, I mean, you're the one that made him take the bank draft. And why isn't UPS stepping to the plate and saying, well, if someone tries to cash it, that means that it would be delivered to someone else other than it was supposed to be. We'll take responsibility for that and we'll pay for that if it happens. Because, you know, this exhaustive search, you know, it's in a machine, you know, it's in a machine or it's in a truck, a delivery truck behind a shelf you know it is i can just i can i can almost in fact i should be a psychic and tell them exactly where it's at for about a hundred thousand dollars i'll help you find your check your draft check for a hundred grand okay is it worth it to you because i can see it right if i just put my mind on that envelope it's, it's a ups cardboard envelope right the thin cardboard envelope Yes. I just have to put my mind specifically. I can see it. I can see it. I can't quite make out the truck number that it was the delivery truck, but I can, I can, we can get there. And then it's in that truck back behind the shelf. The one delivery right there. I can see it. Or we can all just say that UPS didn't deliver our 850,000 inheritance and see what happens. Because I could be waiting there too. We know it's real though, right? I mean, they sent the, they sent the money. They made the lady fill it out and to make the bank draft. And then UPS lost it. I got it. We lose packages from time to time. We are not perfect. Got it, UPS. Thank you. Nobody expects you to be perfect, but they do expect you to make it right when you're not.
And the information that you have to give while sending and delivering, you know who it's going to, you know who it's from, all of it. And the bank knows that what was in the UPS envelope was the draft. It hasn't been cashed yet. The money's still in the account. So you're, you're all just playing grab each other around a circle while this guy's money is sitting in the account doing nothing and not helping him and helping him actually become broke since he's spending all this money trying to get his money. UPS should step up to the plate and say that they would cover it if it was cashed. Let this man get his money. And the bank knows better too. The bank knows a lot better. They know the money's still there. They know exactly what happened. And they're pulling their little, that's technicality. And UPS, well, we do our exhaustive search. We're not perfect. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. But it's not your $850,000 now, is it? No. No, it's not. And listen, we really appreciate you, you know, refunding the thirty-two fifty. Might even have been just thirty-two. I mean, thirty-two fifty is a steep. I know it's expensive, so thirty-two is much better. So I'm sure they gave him his thirty-two back. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, just gal, worry about that thirty-two bucks. And look, we've done an exhaustive search. I mean, I don't know what more you want us to do. <laughs> we looked around. You seen the envelope? No? There you have it. We don't know where it's at. Sorry, but hey, that's the deal. This is Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. If you'd like to participate in the broadcast. The words diversity, entitlement, evidence-based, fetus, science-based, transgender, vulnerable. What do, they, what, do they, what do they do for you? they do anything for you at all? No? Well, the Trump administration officials at the Department of Health and Human Services are pushing back on a report saying that the CDC has been issued a mandate to no longer use words and phrases, including those of fetus, transgender, and science-based. The directive was delivered to senior CDC officials responsible for overseeing the health agency's budget. But, uh, not so fast. Because by Saturday afternoon, HHS, which includes the CDC, issued a statement calling the existence of such a banned words complete mischaracterization. What? The assertion that HHS has Banned words is a complete mischaracterization of discussions regarding the budget formulation process. HHS will continue to use the the best scientific evidence available to improve the health of all Americans. HHS also strongly encourages the use of 
outcome and evidence data and program evaluations and budget decisions. Thank you. Thank you. But if you want to get money, don't use diversity, entitlement, evidence-based, fetus, science-based, transgender, or vulnerable. Vulnerable. Tom Brokaw. According to an unnamed CDC analyst, look, it was a 90-minute meeting on Thursday. The meeting was uh, led by one of the top officials from the CDC's financial services, which means that these words are words that are going to get us less money. So when you have President Trump uh, administration's open hostility to the topic of climate change. Earlier this year, President Trump pulled the U.S. out of the Paris Climate Accord, and I want to thank him for that, too. Mr. President, thank you for pulling us out of the I hope you stick to it. Don't let them talk you back in. And the president's 2018 budget proposal singled out climate change research programs for elimination. A good so, if you want to get money, if you want to do programs, if you want to be all wishy-washy inside, still have a job and making money, don't use the words diversity, entitlement, evidence-based, fetus, science-based, transgender, vulnerable. Don't use those words. Because those just pop out like, nope, that is wrong we're not giving them any money right and according to the cdc yet there's a fine line between necessary self-preservation and needless (laughs) self-censorship yes there is yes there is so we're not banning words duh we're just telling you that if you want to stay alive we're giving you a little heads up just a little heads up if you want to stay alive don't use these words. Because these words are going to make the man mad. And then that's going to be it. You're not going to get any money. And you're going to be done. Right? Right. Just remember. Diversity. Entitlement. Evidence-based. Fetus. Science-based. Transgender. Vulnerable. Don't use those words. Still want to get some money from the government? Don't do it. All right. Why do we have such a push to continue lately our relationship with the United Nations? Why is it so important? Why do we care? Why do we still have the United Nations in the United States? Why are they here? Why do we care anything about them? And why are we even talking to them about doing things here in the United States of America? We don't need the United Nations. Please. It's t- I know, look, hey, look, Allie Barber, you're great. Love you. All right? You're wonderful. Got a good gig. You can go be the, represent the U.S. in another country. Let another country have the U.N. We don't want it. We don't want it. We don't need you. Come to think of it. You know what we're going to do? We're not going to give the U.N. any money either. 
Uh, you know what? We're just going to cut them down. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're going to do. You know, you and you, we're going to be on your side. And if there's something we like that we want to be a part of, we'll throw some cash in. Other than that, you get nothing. So good luck and God bless. Have fun. We put in hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, just to be a part of the United Nations, just to have them be this humanitarian force, which is absolutely agonizing. For example, today they're going to be voting on a draft resolution calling for the withdrawal of U.S. President Donald Trump's decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Diplomats said a move likely to face a Washington veto. Yeah, you think? The one-page Egyptian draft text, the, the drafted text seen by Reuters does not even specifically mention the United States or Trump. Of course not. It just needs a broad support among the 15-member council, and it just well they want to isolate Trump more on the issue. However, when you need a resolution in the UN, you have to get nine votes in favor and no vetoes by the United States, France, Britain, Russia, or China. A good luck. God bless. Have a nice day. We don't care what the UN says. We're making Jerusalem should be the capital of Israel. You can have your little little heart set on making those draft resolutions and pound your fist on the table and make yourself all all wound up because you want to fix it. It's not right. And the mean old Donald Trump is doing it. We don't like him. We want something else to happen. We want something else to happen. Tough. Get over it. And then we have Cook County Commissioner Richard Boykin. He's expressed interest in teaming up with the United Nations. Isn't that special? Yes. I'm hoping to appeal to the UN to actually come to Chicago and meet with victims of violence and maybe even possibly help out in terms of peacekeeping efforts. What? That would be so cool to have UN peacekeeping troops in Chicago on the ground here in the U.S., right? Because I think it's so critical for us to make sure that these neighborhoods are safe. Do you, Dick? They've been able to help in places like Africa and abroad, like Africa and abroad, like Africa and such as, where they've sent troops in and sent forces to help protect minority and vulnerable populations. And quite frankly, I think the same could be said for here in Chicago. I'm talking about physical security. I'm also talking about maybe, uh, you know, suggestions for what we can do in Chicago to help protect our minority populations for being, again, decimated by the violence that we here see here in Chicago. This is literally genocide. And we have to do something to stop it. We have to do something. Let's let the U.N. troops come in. We have to do something. Now, the Chicago Police Department, obviously touting their new numbers for this year, uh, say that the, you know, the homicides and the shootings were down. Through the end of November, Chicago had at least 620 homicides. That's it, though. Just 620 homicides. Uh, but we've had over 600 people killed by gun violence already this year alone. Um, I mean, that's a huge number, right? I mean, that's 
amazing amount of people just getting shot and killed. Last year was 720. And it's possible that we hit that mark, but, you know, doubtful. And I hope that we don't. The Boykin continued by moaning the quiet genocide taking place in too many of our communities. Rightly noting that most victims of Chicago's gun violence are blacks who have been killed at the hands of another African-American. So we must protect these population groups, and that's what the United Nations does. They're a peacekeeping force. They know all about keeping the peace, and we're hopeful that they'll hear our appeal. Oh, me too. Me too, Richard. The president has also proposed sending a National Guard into the city, uh, but uh, Mayor Rahm Emanuel, uh, he said no. Yeah, Rob said, no, hey. Look, we're going through a process of reinvigorating community policing, building trust between relationships in the community and the law enforcement. National Guard's not going to do that. So, you know, we're not going to do that. Sorry. Now, we're not going to do that simply because probably Trump was the one who said he would do it, right? Uh, Speaking on CBS, the late show this week, Emmanuel proudly declared Chicago a Trump-free zone. And joked that his new motto is, a city he'll never sleep in. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You don't want the president of the United States speaking, living, living and sleeping in your town. No, we don't want that. <laughs> oh, man. But we, we don't want the National Guard coming in, but we'll take the United Nations. Pat Gray. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray. Welcome to it without Pat Gray. Pat taking a little time off. Well deserved for the holidays. Um, I cannot believe. I mean, it's amazing. It's it's Christmas holiday already. Uh, you know when uh, I know that I know that it only appears that time is speeding up. Uh, it only appears that way, you know, because time actually just moves on same amount of time all the time and uh you know like my father-in-law is always is uh, always after me but well, that's back when a million dollars was a million dollars and i'm thinking no a million dollars is still a million dollars it doesn't hasn't changed any now you obviously got you know i get the point you got more for your money but it just seemed this year uh really did i mean so much has happened this year we went through, uh, we're doing a year in your ear special uh, here on the Blaze Radio Network over the holidays that you'll hear uh, off and on throughout the holidays that uh, that we put together. Uh, Doc and Pat uh, co-hosted, and uh, I'm involved in a couple of segments, and Mike Broomhead is there, and uh, Sarah Sullivan worked her magic and put it all together, and it sounds great. And uh, it uh, it's called Year in Your Ear. And it's 
we tried to cover as much as we could that we felt was important for the year. And then uh, we are doing a kind of a year-end recap on Glenn's TV show uh, this week. Uh, Glenn, Pat, Stu, and myself, uh, you know, recapping the year in uh, you know a couple different categories of what happened this past year. And it is stunning how much you have forgotten happened this year. They ran a montage of some of the happenings. <laughs> and you're looking at that montage going, holy crap, that was that. That was this year? That was this year? Oh, that's right. That was. That was this year. I mean, it is amazing. Amazing how many things happened this year. And I know, I know. I get the argument of yeah, so much happens every year, Jeff. You say that every year. Last few years, it seems like we have said that. I don't know that we have said that every year. I don't know that, uh, you know, there for a number of years, it was like there was maybe one, two big stories a year. And the rest was all whatever you kind of, you know, just trivial. Little happenings. Whatever was happening in your local, whatever was happening in your local area. Uh, that was, you know, part of the happening. But national huge news. Um Fascinating that so much has happened this year. So, uh, Glenn's TV at uh, uh, theblaze.com slash TV. You can subscribe and his TV show uh, today at 5. And all this week will be us kind of recapping the year and uh, talking about the stories that were kind of huge. I see now from DuPont, Washington, they've taken my heat and gotten helicopter shots of the crash. You're welcome. I don't know what took them so long. I don't know if they needed a reminder that helicopters fly above crash scenes. I don't know what the deal was. Maybe it took them a little while to gas them up. I don't know. But they're finally there and we're getting some we're getting some shots that count to see the crash and see what actually the bedlam, the mayhem that's taking place in Washington is is uh pretty astounding. And it breaks your heart. I mean, I, I've traveled on a lot of trains, and you know, obviously, you don't—I know you don't walk on a train and go, "Boy, it'll be fun if this thing crashes, huh?" But you know, I mean, it's something you just don't think about. But when you see the way these trains crash, they're going—you know—they're going 100 miles an hour, and uh, one thing, whatever, whatever it was that throws them off, and they crash. I mean, it is a horrible, horrible chain reaction. Of of cars and people and carnage and it's you do not want to be a part of it and there were you know it's dangling over an overpass so there's obviously injuries to people that were driving on the interstate as well uh, other than the people plus the people on the train uh, just amazing now all this horror is going on, all this real life horror is going on. And uh, I get a text uh, from my daughter uh, saying that there was uh, no human damage, but the carnage could have been worse. There was a crash at my house, a train crash at my at my home this morning. And uh, I know I, I wanted you to take a look at the picture so you could see the crash and know that 
there were no humans harmed. Everything's okay. Uh, it's cool. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, there was you know, a, little, a little issue this morning at the Fisher household, but it's okay now. All right. But train crashes, they can happen anywhere. They can happen anywhere. All right. So just want to be clear that uh, everything's okay. For those of you that have seen this. <laughs> Man, you know, it's supposed to snow. It's been cold here. I had just about enough of the, I'm a, it's going to be 90, and then it's going to be 40. And then it's going to be 100. And then it's going to be 30. And then it's, you know what? Tomorrow's going to be 25, and there's going to be ice on the road. But this afternoon is going to be 95. I've had enough. Can we make up our mind? I don't mind, I don't mind the cold. Well, let me rephrase. I, I'm not crazy about the cold weather at all. I was born in Michigan. I left as soon as I could. I despise, I did not want to be part of that cold weather, okay? That's why I moved to Florida, okay? However, I'm a, I'll live in the cold. We moved back. I lived in the Northeast. Fine. I'll be happy. It's okay. It's cold. It's fine, but it does get warm. It's summertime. It's nice out. I come down here to Texas, North Texas. I'm okay with it, you know, being the surface of the sun 10 months out of the year. It's fine. Trust me, at least six of those 10 months are actual surface of the sun. Hot. But we need to make up our mind so that we can all live and breathe and figure out what we're doing with our with our lives. Because it's not so much that it's the two jacket days that are bothering me. You know, the two jacket days are where it's cold out. It's kind of cold out in the morning, so you wear a jacket. You forget it because it's so nice out when you leave to go home. But then at night, you got to go out to dinner, and so you got to put another jacket on. Those two jacket days. That's a, a, a term I learned once from the great Jack Harris, Tampa, Florida. And uh, so I'm okay with that. But we're into like... Uh, Wear your snowsuit until 9 a.m., and then it'll be 90. You'll be fine. I mean, I, we need to make up our mind. So anyway, it's supposed to snow this weekend. It's supposed to be cold, possible snow. It's possible snow carnage here in North Texas. That's what I'm told. Everybody's looking at their weather app going, no, that can't. What the hell? That can't be. Is that right? Is Jeffy talking right, or is he just, cause he's just pulling my leg? I, I believe it. It's supposed to be cold. Possible, possible snow. So, will we have a white Christmas in Texas this year? The very first year I lived in Texas, we had a white Christmas. Now, my wife feels that was God telling her, we know you're not happy in Texas, but here's a white Christmas. Get over it. But everybody has their weather app. What am, I, am I right? Come on, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Don't doubt my weather. Don't look. Don't, don't do it. Because I, I am like a, an honorary meteorologist that never got the honor. Okay, don't doubt my weather. <laughs> so maybe we'll have a white Christmas in North Texas. Those of you that have got snow and storms and have a white Christmas already, I got it. You don't need to talk down to me. Okay, I understand. Okay, I got you. And I've, I'm, I hope, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I did with the, with the numbers. Um, I know Doc came in and tweeted a picture of, some of the stories I have laid out on this on the sofa, and one of them is the California fires. But the people in California are, are going to have a it's uh, going to be a very uh, disheartening Christmas, man. Maybe maybe it's the Christmas they need. I don't know. The fires are still burning. 
the Thomas fire is still, I think they now say is 45% contained. Um, think of that. I mean, just think of how big that fire and how many hundreds of thousands of acres it's ruined and how much, how many millions, if not billions of property damage has gone done by these California wildfires and it's still burning. And at 45% contained, I mean, they're feeling good because they've got it 45% contained, but I mean, a good windstorm blows up and you're back to 30 and there's been no rain. I mean, it's, it's horrible, horrible. So I mean, California's burning. We got train crashes in Washington. What do we got happening here? Nothing. Eh, nothing. Nothing's going on there. Never mind. Never mind. There's no big storms. It's over. It's going to be Christmas. Everybody's going to be off. Your kids are probably off from school. Most of the schools I see driving in today are closed, right? So this is the week before Christmas. I'm surprised they didn't take like half a week this week. Don't they have Don't they have school days they have to be a part of? These damn kids, rotten kids. What are they doing home? And then they're off to what? Probably the second, right? I mean, since college football has made the second week in January the national championship, and we moved the holiday that week too. And we just move the holiday. We just extend the holiday because we've got the national. We've got the national championship, uh, which is going to be played on the eighth, right? So let's just at least pass that. And that's at night, so you can't expect, expect it to come back on the ninth. So we take it to the tenth. Let's just extend the holiday to the tenth and be done, right? Cody in Indiana, how are you, sir, or ma'am, pretty good, or I'm pretty person, good, or whoever yourself. you're identifying as right now? Hey, Cody, pretty good yourself. I'm so darn good. You don't really care though. It's okay. What's up? No, I just. What's uh, up? I'm a big fan of yours, by the way. Starting it out there, I just want to. Every time you guys talk about the, the uh, transsexual and all that crap, I, I just wonder if I'm the only one. Is my mind just explodes? <laughs> what happened to the good old days where you could just look in your shorts and know where you're supposed to be and what bathroom you're supposed to be in? Well, those days, I guess, never existed. We just thought they did. Uh, oh, you know, well, I, I guess I guess that's it, right? I mean, I don't know. The, the story I talked about this morning with the family, uh, you know, he said I always knew it, and his, you know, he had some great uncle that was always a cross dresser. But the days of not knowing which bathroom to use, that is what's changed, right? I mean, in those days, you're right. You look in your shorts, and then then that you go to the women's bathroom or the man's bathroom. Didn't matter what you were wearing; it was what's in your shorts. Now that's changed. And that's what's kind of frustrating. I'll give you that. It, that does explode your head. And I was also wanting to bring up another point, uh, because I haven't heard the Blaze talk about it, and I know me, so I'm a truck driver, and a bunch of other guys have been trying to get you guys to pick up the story on the man, on the ELD, electronic log mandate, that the government's forcing on us. Okay, ELD, electronic log mandate. Why are they forcing that on you, and what does it do? Well, supposedly it's supposed to make the road safer, and it's supposed to make us, by law, go by the hours that they put on us, which is good. Most truck drivers are safe. We follow the laws. But you have a shippers and receivers, like Walmart, for instance, they'll make a truck driver sit for hours to wait on his load. 
and uh, it kind of screws everything up because once you start your clock, the computer, it won't let you stop it. So a lot of the mom-and-pop trucking companies, guys who, you know, they save up their entire life to buy a truck, and they're making decent money supporting their family, all of a sudden they're not going to be able to do like the bigger, like Swift, for instance. Swift's got so many trucks now where they can jump in and say, okay, that driver ran out of hours, so we'll meet him with another driver. He'll take the load and finish it out, if that makes sense. Right, okay. So that's and then plus they're making us pay for these for this equipment, which is really expensive in itself. And so like me, I haul livestock, I haul turkeys. So up at, we were livestock guys were supposed to be exempt because obviously we can't stop for ten hours to take a break with a truck full of cattle, hogs, turkeys, anything right. because right. it's animal cruelty, the heat, no water, no food so on. Well, as of Wednesday, they come across and said, oh, we changed our mind. Now you guys have got to, now you guys got to go to electronic logs. <laughs> but it still so, doesn't change and, what you have to, what you have to do, right? Yeah. And that was Wednesday. And, uh, we got, fortunately we got 90 days where we can catch up with it. But you know what, like if I'm hauling like into July when it's 70 degrees and I got a load full of turkeys, and I run out of time because I'm stuck. I'm get stuck in traffic. I just pull over, and all there goes fifteen hundred fifteen hundred birds are dead. Right. You know, and like last night, there was over in Oklahoma, there was a uh, an incident between truck drivers and law enforcement. Which I'm not bashing law enforcement. My dad's been doing it. My dad's in charge of uh, Indiana DOC and their training academy, but. All of a sudden, the law, the law enforcement in Oklahoma has got a big chest, and are oh, we got to enforce this. So there was a pretty bad incident that happened between them two. Really? And they, I haven't. And they have to I enforce what the electronic log stuff? Yeah, because now all of a sudden they changed their mind. So now law enforcement has to do their job and enforce it. And all the livestock guys were like, "We were told we didn't have to have it until Wednesday." Right. So, I, I do have to. I do have to look into this now. I'm really. I'm. I'm fascinated by the whole idea that this, the electronic log, um, was it the ELD, right? Yes, sir. I'm fascinated that that doesn't have. Uh, well, first of all, it's a government implemented program, so I'm not yes, surprised sir. that it doesn't work properly. Okay. Well, I, it it works, but you can't. We can't stop our clock. We're only allowed to drive 11 hours, and we could be on duty for 14. So that means we can be strapping our load down, loading for 14 hours, but we're only allowed 11 hours of drive time. I understand? Okay. So some well, of that waiting around time, some of that waiting around time at Walmart is covered. Yeah, yeah, but not. I mean, like for instance, when I was hauling General Freight on a flatbed, there'd be times where I would sit at a steel mill for six hours and no one right. cared. Well, that right. clock is still ticking and I'm not making any money because those wheels aren't turning. Right. Which that makes sense. Yeah, no, it understands that it's your truck. It's your wheels, right? I mean, you're not, you're, yeah. you're, they're yeah. subcontracting you to haul the load. Yeah. Right. So I'm losing money, but nobody's, nobody's saying, oh, well, it's going to be great for, 
you know, the shipper, receiver, the, the company owner. Well, the little man who's saved his entire life for a truck, what, you know, he's just out. Just because those wheels ain't turning, the payments on a truck don't stop. Maintenance doesn't stop. Insurance doesn't stop. Your, our family's, oh, well, here, we know you didn't get that many miles this week, so we'll go ahead and we'll, we won't eat. Right. You know, and, and I, I agree with the, with the laws that say you can only drive so many hours. I totally agree with that, but there has to be a change in it where we could stop the clock. Like if I want to use a bathroom, for instance, and I know my destination is 10 hours or 59 minutes away, I can't stop and use the bathroom. I can't stop. I can't eat. I can't do nothing. And when they did the, the big protest in D.C. back a few months ago, a bunch of the state reps and senators said, well, the FMCSA knows best. Right. Now, I'll remind you, the FMCSA, everybody in that side of government, they supposedly know somebody that's drove a truck. <laughs> None of them have CDLs. None of them knows what it feels like to be, uh, you know, you're away from your family during your little girl's dancing. That's uh, fantastic. Look, idol. look, Cody, look, okay, I just want you to know that uh, I've actually talked to more than one trucker on the air, on the radio, so I understand your plight, okay? Yeah. I mean, I, I am better than the government. It's that's actually does not surprise me and is ridiculous. Cody, thank you so much. And I promise I I will look I will look into the into the ELD and I'm not kidding you. I'm fascinated by the problems because the truckers trucking runs this country. Go ahead and drive the expressway on the interstates and see. You look at what's backed up there in Washington on that train crash. You, you see a lot of cars? Yeah. You also see guess what? A lot of truckers. And a lot, of, and those truckers now, according to the new electronic log, uh, the LDs, I, now they're the ones that are screwed because they're sitting in this traffic. They're on the road. They're going to end up losing money. It's absolutely agonizing. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Now back to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. As I said, uh, the United States vetoes the U.N. resolution that would have required Trump to rescind declaration of Jerusalem as Israel capital. Uh, Here you go. Um, Even if the United Nations can do whatever they want, uh, we say no. Have a nice day. You say and do anything you want over there in your little United Nations corner. We're over here. And we'll do what we want without you. Okay. Hello, I'm the president, Donald Trump. Have you met me? I mean, that's what's happening. So I'm not concerned about that. But I did find it funny that we were we go through this charade. They got nothing better to do. Right? I mean, it's the United Nations. They have nothing better to do. And I'd just like to say that the uh, New Jersey State Police car that was stolen, along with weapons and uniforms um, that was taken, um... I don't have anything to do with it. <laughs> it wasn't me. I got nothing to do with it, okay? 
And it takes some guts to be stealing, steal a cop car, steal the weapons, steal the uniforms. Good luck coming out of that, okay? Good luck. I mean that with every ounce in me. Good luck. Oh, isn't that special? Now, we also found out today that Putin, Vladimir, uh, thanks Trump, Donald, by phone for info that thwarted a terror attack. Huh? So he's not that bad of a guy, right? He just called up and wanted to thank Don for thwarting the terror attack. It's good for him, right? Right. Of course it will. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can use it to participate if you'd like. Follow me on Twitter, at JeffyMRA. It's at Pat Unleashed. Um, one of the things that uh, I want to talk about, we've got the California fires coming up, and I wanted to get to, you know, I was looking at this uh, story that uh, talked a little bit about what folks did 150 years ago and called it daily life. And this is kind of prep for if we had an EMP. Um I'm dead. <laughs> there's, there's no question. Okay? I'm dead. My wife will keep me alive for just a little while, and then it will be, oof, man, you know, we just can't make it while you're still alive. So, see ya. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. This is the Pat Gray Program. Jeff Fisher filling in for him. Pat taking some well-deserved time off for the holidays. Thank you for so good. It is so good to be here uh, on uh, the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You know... Are you ready for Christmas? I was just looking through uh, some other stories to uh, wrap the year up, and I'm thinking, I am so happy that I have my wife who says, oh, we're all done. We're all done, and uh, don't worry about it. Oh. Okay. Good. Because I don't know. I mean, there's, there's obviously there's always one or two or three or four or five gifts that you have to get last minute for someone that you forgot about or someone you were supposed to get for, or, you know, I thought I told you to get that for yourself. Didn't I tell you to buy that for yourself? Why do I have to go out and buy it? Um, you know, gifts like that, but it's nice when all the peripheral stuff. Yeah, we're done. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Chad in Wisconsin, you're on the broadcast. Thanks for calling. How are you, sir? Good. How are you, Jeffy? I am so good. It's unbelievable. I love the show. I've been watching you guys for years. Thank you very much. Um, I just You've been watching that train? Uh... I have. I love I, I, my life in the train age. That's me, baby. I love it. Okay. It's not, I mean, um, obviously, it's sad that there's, you know, this yeah. horrific train crash. Yeah. I was just um, I mentioned I've been watching these other sta- stations and, uh, They've been saying, like, that blue train that's on the track right now. Uh-huh. 
they think that's the first car or the engine, but I, I think it's the other one on the ground on the lower highway is the actual front of the train. Yeah. I think I think that uh, the blue one was a pusher. Yeah, I I was I, I have to go back and look at some of the pictures because obviously I've been watching you know often on the screen and and uh, you know blabbing my mouth over other stuff. But uh, from what I could tell, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right. And yeah, it looks like it came from the right side of the screen. It was approaching that sharp bend and just it went over, yeah. and then everything else behind it. Plus, we were able to see uh, now that they you know took my advice and brought some helicopters in. We we're able to see the crash, the, the yeah. way the crash happened, and the way it came up on that on the overpass. Yeah, yeah, it it left before it even got to the bridge. Yeah, I saw. Well, I saw the some footage showing where the uh, uh, wheels had come off. You know where the the uh, yeah the uh, but I was just I'll watching these other I was just watching these other announcers, and they're like, oh. that the blue one is the engine, and, and no, I don't think so. But it's like you can see the dirt flung when it came across the highway. Thank you. And that's the direction that the thing landed. And Yeah, and and, when the, it showed, like they were showing. Thanks, Chad. I appreciate it very much. Right. You're absolutely right. And I appreciate Thanks for listening, too, and the kind words. I appreciate it. Yeah, it looked like the with the way the uh, they were showing on one of the train cars, the wheels and the axle uh, had flipped and broken and, and snapped off. Now. Was that the cause of the crash? We don't know that yet. And they're never going to. I mean, good luck with the NTSB getting words out. And I see that uh, uh, I see that one of the networks has some, you know, a former uh, a former train CFO. <laughs> I worked on trains since I was 18 years old. Um, I know a lot of train people. I love trains. Did I mean that? I love trains. I, I I know a lot of train people. I've been around them for a long time, and uh, they fascinate me. And I would love to be. Uh, I, I should have been a, an engineer, because I, I mean I look good in one of those engineer hats. I mean, let's be clear, okay? You tell me I don't look good in an in engineer bib overalls and an engineer hat. <laughs> I think not, okay? I think you know that. I mean, I don't even. I don't even know why I had to say it. I don't think I had to say it. Really, you know that already. Okay, it's clear. Some of the bigger stories. You know, I was looking through this. USA Today obviously does this, uh, does their thing every year. Well, really, every day, uh, where they go around the country and they do a story from each state, which I love, because some states, some days they've got you know Bill from Manitoba planted his roses. And you're like, okay, great. Well, thanks for that. Love that story. Thank you. And, you know, they've got, in Oregon today, the Werbler bird became the first bird to fly to the ocean and back. You know, whatever whatever, the, whatever happened in their state. So, then trust me, the Werbler bird in Oregon is huge. But they do, uh, they have a thing this weekend that they went out and they went through uh, each state. And they talked about the top stories from that state for the year. And some of them were, you know, the usual big stories, some of the sexual harassment stuff that we all know about, and we've all had just about enough of of it. And I don't know when it will stop, the sexual harassment stuff. I really don't. I, I, I thought it would stop around the holidays. Um, I don't, I, I guess maybe I was thinking we're in the holidays, but maybe we're not, so it's not going to stop. Um, I don't know when it's going to stop. We've got to set a point where it, 
if you were harassed within, let's say, the last 10 years, then you get to come out and say something and bad mouth the person that's been doing it. If it's been 10 years or beyond, and I know I'm going to get, you know, I, I got it. I'm just talking out loud, trying to work my way through what can happen to make all these allegations go away because, oh, you want them to go away? No, I don't want them to go away. I want, if you were uh, harassed 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, I can't see how that should ruin a man's career today unless he's it's actual proof that it's been a continuation of being a dirtbag Harvey Weinstein uh, Kevin Spacey these guys were dirtbags forever but uh, some of the guys realized that they were kind of dirtbag-ish and stopped that's what's supposed to happen, right? You're supposed to realize, man, I was a real dirtbag. Shouldn't have talked to women like that. I've got to stop doing that, and I'm never going to do it again. So now you haven't done that in 20 years, and now all of a sudden you're going to be turned into this bad guy because you were that way 20 years ago. Well, no, I, yes, I was, but I'm not now. It's, it's a hard fight. I, I don't, I don't know. But as I go through the states, seeing some of the bigger stories. Uh, some of them actually, I was like, oh yeah, you know, like in Mississippi where they found the 7,000 dead bodies, uh, at the, uh, buried underneath the university of Mississippi, their medical center campus. They were former patients of the state's first mental institution uh, called simply the insane asylum. I, and I, I absolutely remember the story. Uh, built in 1855 underground radar shows the coffin stretch across 20 acres of the campus. They discovered 66 coffins while they were doing construction of one area, and then they found all these other area burial ground. And uh, now they're trying to uh, get a grant that would find a study of the asylum and its history as well as engage families whose ancestors lived there. They're looking at exhuming the bodies and preserving as well as studying the remains. Here's an idea. How about we build the hospital around... Where we buried the crazies. And we just leave the crazies there. <laughs> we just leave the crazies alone. Okay. You start messing with some of the some of the crazies uh, in Mississippi. You're going to be, they're here. It's going to be a big problem. You're going to be asking for trouble you don't necessarily want. So let it be. But they won't. They're not going to let it be. You know that. You know they're not going to. In Nevada, they talked about, uh, obviously, the shooting. Uh, 58 would die. But where are we at with that? I mean, we are. I mean, I think we're more confused now than we were on the first day. And now we're waiting for uh, a judge to say it's okay that the press uh, gets new information um, released to them after the first of the year. We have to wait until after that. So I don't know. I mean, we've seen nothing more on the shooter. His motivations have been uh, questioned. It's been that's a that's a strange story, uh, and, and because we had the church service in Sutherland Springs in Texas, um, twenty five people died there. We had uh, the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, 
Wait, was that this year? No, that was in 16. That was a couple of years ago. That wasn't this year, right? Orlando was not this year. Right? Why is it on this? Anyway. Orlando was not this year. Sorry. There's no way. Wounded country kindergarten in November. A government killed 25 people. A pregnant woman unborn died in a church service celebrating Texans. Those are in a bitter bowl. Deadly year. Mass killings in the U.S. more than a decade. Three of the five of the largest mass killings in Sutherland Springs, Las Vegas. Oh, they're saying that has taken place since June 2016. Three of the five like. Thanks, yesterday. Appreciate it. No. But we're still, the Vegas shooting, where are we at? Really? Because I don't, I don't get it. Then there's New Mexico. You remember New Mexico, they found uh, the plague. Uh, yeah, that's right. You, you know the plague. The Black Death wiped out nearly half of the European population in the Middle Ages. Ah, don't worry about it. It's here. It, it pops up every now and then. Don't worry about it. You know, spring and summer cases pop up. <laughs> That's just the plague. <laughs> That's it. Oh, oh, don't worry about it. Look, it 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 pops up. We get bites through infected fleas. You know, the the fleas that bite the rats, and then they bite. <laughs> this is the darndest thing. The darndest thing. The plague, the black death. But it'll, it'll it's okay. <laughs> don't you worry about it. <laughs> How about we try it? I mean, I, if you catch it soon enough, you obviously can, can stop it in today's world. But good luck. Good luck with the plague. And then uh, in uh, the Dakotas, you have the Dakota Access Pipeline story. Huge story this year. I mean, that was months of protests, environmental groups, Native American activists. Finally, uh, they, they're going to allow the $3.8 billion Dakota Access Oil Pipeline to cross under the Missouri River. In completing the project, the 1,200-mile pipeline began transporting crude oil June 1st from North Dakota through South Dakota and Iowa to a distribution hub in Illinois. Activists still have their calls to shut it down. A judge ruled the Army Corps of Engineers complied with some, not all the requirements of the National Environmental Policy Act. Uh, how How can you be expected to cover everything, right, when you're building a pipeline? The developer of the pipeline, Energy Transfer Partners, has since filed a $1 billion federal lawsuit against several environmental groups, accusing them of fraud, eco-terrorism, and participation in a criminal enterprise. So the whole thing's a mess. Really, you know, I I find the story fascinating simply because the Indians that were protesting the pipeline were really protesting the pipeline because they were making more money on the trains carrying the oil over the over the Indian land than they were the pipeline, which was missing, bypassing the Indian land. And so they wanted the trains to come across their territory. I love the fact that Warren Buffett was involved because, how was he involved? You say, you never heard anything about Warren Buffett being involved in the Dakota pipeline. You remember, uh, remember a couple of years ago when he bought all those trains? I wonder why he bought those trains. wonder why he bought those trains. Oh, I know, so they... They carry oil. Carries oil. Trains carry oil. I mean, he didn't get to be a billionaire by not thinking way ahead. So this Dakota pipeline is just fascinating to me. It, it really, I, I can't believe we have such a big deal out of it. And then another story that happened this year out of Warmbier from Ohio. 
shipped back from North Korea on death's bed for stealing a poster or allegedly stealing a poster. Shame. Shame. And the parents have handled that so well. It, it really is uh, quite amazing how well they handled it and the dad handled it. Um, he went around speaking uh, on behalf of Donald Trump, who helped him get his son back. And uh, he was not a happy man with uh, Barack Obama either, because Barack Obama was the one who told them to just calm down, don't say anything, and we'll try to keep everything, we'll get going, and we'll be all right, and uh, hold him responsible for a lot of what happened to Otto. And of course, don't forget, we had the great American eclipse captivating the nation. Yay! Y'all remember the eclipse? Absolutely, baby. You're out there with your goofy little glasses on, looking up into the sun, thinking, is this something going in front of the sun? And then we had the people who went out there and decided that they would just look up into it without using the eclipse glasses. Duh. Now, there is one lady. I was reading about one lady who did that, and she's like one of the new study person now because she... I think did it with glasses, did it without glasses, and then did it with glasses that were not correct. And now she has this, con- she's got the constant eclipse ring in her eyes. And that's what she sees. And now many people would say, um, that's what you get, idiot. They told you not to do it. I wouldn't say that. That would, I guess that hurts my heart to think that you think I would tell her that. But I, uh, that's what some people would say. Other people would say, you know, it's a shame and uh, we should study her and see what happens so that we could help other people who do it you know, by accident in the future. That's what I would say. But the people who say, hey, that's what you get. Why'd you look at the eclipse with your bare eyes, you idiot? Those people. Man, do I, not, I don't like those people at all. Upgrade Unleashed. On the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray. Welcome to it. Jeff Fisher in for Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Immediately following this broadcast, you're uh, going to get a little uh, quick uh, replay of uh, Glenn Beck and then into uh, Buck Sexton. America Now on the Premier Radio Networks from 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. And tomorrow morning, got Doc Thompson uh, right into Glenn Beck, right into this broadcast. I'll be filling in for Pat again tomorrow. Uh, and then, uh, and then, I, mean, I don't know what we're doing. All right, I'm giving up. I'm giving up. I don't care. Because by that point, I'm taking a vacation. It's my Christmas holidays, okay? I'm, I'm with you after that, at that point. 
right? Who will be playing the year in your ear? I know, I know who's filling in. Shut up! Don't look at me like that. Like you, you don't know who's filling in. What an idiot! I got it. All right, I know who's filling in, and I might tell you tomorrow, and I might not. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of that? But I want to finish up uh, some of the some of the things in the state that was reminded. You know, obviously there's the big stories that everyone knows about across the country. Everyone knows about it. But remember, in South Carolina, when they fought, uh, uh, you know, the governor stood with Trump amid the sanctuary city crackdown. And this sanctuary city thing is going to be an ongoing thing next year as well and for some time. It's amazing to me how that has come to the top. Um, cities not saying that they're not going to follow laws that they're supposed to follow. And judges saying, yes, it's okay. You can't, it's okay to not follow the law. And I just don't get how, now they're saying that the federal government can't withhold money, which I thought was a brilliant move. Uh, You're either going to enforce the law or you're not going to get any money from us. Judges, no, you can't do that. You can't withhold money. Um, Why not? That's what we do. Uh, It's time to to make a decision about some judges. That is for sure. In South Dakota, did you know this, that research are in search of a different treasure in a South Dakota gold mine? Um, they are, they've got an old gold mine in South Dakota that, uh, has been there in lead South Dakota. Once hold gold in the 1800s, it was part of the gold rush. Now uh, scientists are participating in the largest U S based particle physics experiment. The experiment will determine whether particles called neutrinos will help explain our existence. Over the next 10 years, work will remove more than 870,000 tons of rock and install a four-story, 70,000-ton neutrino detector. I don't know if this is real or not, now that I read it out loud. The collaboration will involve 1,000 scientists from more than 30 countries. I mean, it sounds real now, but I don't know. When we get to the, we're going to make a 470,000-ton neutrino detector. I mean... Okay. All right. I mean, I'm a neutrino. You're a neutrino. Everyone's a neutrino. Wouldn't you like to be a neutrino too? All right, we've got to find out if that's real or not. I don't know that I'd buy that. Read it out loud. Tuition-free community college. You ready for it? Because it's happening all over the country, baby. Tennessee. uh, San Francisco. uh, New York. They all passed, they all have passed legislation now that students from the state, you go to community college, don't worry about paying, don't be silly. Why would you have to pay the school to provide a service for you? That's just dumb, is what that is. That's dumb. All right? The school should be providing that service to you at free of cost to you. Period. That's what's going to happen. Now, I have a question about who's going to pay for it. Because if the students aren't going to pay for it, then where does the state and the cities 
the university is getting the money to pay for it. Now, if it's a private organization running a big college where people are paying, and then they've got an offshoot small college over here where they're helping people out in need, and they're helping these people out in need, so it's okay. That doesn't seem to be the the thing that's going on. The thing that's going on is the government saying, hey, we just voted and we're going to give everybody free college. And guess what? Those evil rich bastards are going to pay for it. Oh, those people. Yeah. Yeah, you mean everybody that actually just works and has a job and pays taxes? Those evil rich people? Yes. Oh, okay. Him. Yeah. And Ethan Sonneborn, we should get this kid on. 13. We need to talk to this kid. Uh, political ambitions, young Democrat. And I don't care if he's a Democrat or not. We need to talk to him. He's 13 years old. He wants to be the governor of Vermont. He's running in next year. And because uh, the Vermont, no age limit. His path to power. Uh, Bristol resident follows the news closely, chooses his words deliberately, and sees his age as an asset, not a liability. We elected our oldest president ever. He said, he tweets like a kindergartner. His views on the president echo those of prominent Vermont progressive Senator. I mean, it's good line. It's a good line. Uh, hot topics Sonborn would have to address if elected recreational marijuana. Governor Phil Scott vetoed a legislation bill in May, a decision which Sonborn took issue with. Wow. 13-year-old kid that doesn't want to legalize pot? I'm not voting for you. Okay. But you don't care because I don't live in Vermont. Um that's fascinating. We should talk to this kid, Ethan Sombrin, see if he's still going to run, see how he feels, see if he has a chance. And even if he doesn't have a chance, he's got a chance to get his name out there so that it's on the campaign. People remember, oh, yeah, Ethan Sombrin. Oh, yeah, I remember that kid. Vote. Oh, yeah, him, him. Yeah, yeah, vote. I mean, good for him. 13, did I want to be governor? Ha! When I was 13, that I want to be governor of the state that I lived in. Trying to think if I cared enough about what was going on in the world to think that that would be a job I would want. I doubt that to be true. At 13. At 13, it was more like, hey, let me have a cigarette. Look at that magazine and just leave me alone. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. Thanks for listening to the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Pat Gray Unleashed. Well, we unleashed Pat and he just took off. He's not coming back. So, uh, you know, we appreciate you hanging out. And I'm just actually looking to see how many kids were part of this event i went to a mercury one event this weekend that was both um amazing both 
all heartwarming. It was it was uplifting, and at the same time, it tore me apart. And I, it's Christmas in the park at uh, at Fair Park in Dallas. Mercury One uh, participated, and Mercury One uh, helped sponsor two of the big giveaways: um, shoes and bicycles. And then there were different places to go all along where people would get bedding for their kids and food for their kids and clothing for their kids and jackets for their kids and whatever they needed, whatever they needed for their children. It was for the children. Last year, I'm told there were over 30,000 people there. And uh, it was uh, packed. This year, they, I was trying to find the story as I was coming in out of the last little breakaway that we did and I haven't found it yet but I wanted to know the total uh, that was there this year but they were claiming originally that it would be like 60,000 so it was going to double in size and uh, some of the children were so excited you see them go from never having a bike to walk them through the process of getting that bike and having them ride that bike for the first time was so cool Seeing parents that uh, needed uh, clothes and food and shoes for their children. It was so uplifting. And then, on the other hand, last year there were 30,000 people there. Okay? So, this year there's 60,000 people there. Just for the sake of argument, we'll say it doubled. Whether it actually did or not, the, with the with the true numbers, I mean, it was packed. There were a lot of people there at the Fair Park uh, Center in Dallas. Um, what is wrong, and where is there a problem when we companies and people are donating their time, energy, services, and wares? to give to the needy, and in one year's time, the number doubles? Something is wrong somewhere. I don't know where that's where that wrong is. I haven't figured that out yet. But something is wrong somewhere. To have that many people show up and all in need, and, and for that, I mean, it's a wonderful thing. They come in. They everything's everything's for free. You signed up. You came. You got stuff for your family. You left. You went home. You had a great Christmas. You know these some of these kids are going to have tremendous Christmases. One kid was walking around with a blanket and, a, and no shoes. I mean, it's sad. And I was told a story about the coats for kids that got started by two high school girls, and there now there's five or six high schools that are involved. They're doing their 5013C. It's turning into this this huge thing, out of control thing that they only wanted to do once to help the kids. And now it's this monster thing that happens. It's going to happen every year. Coach for kids. And uh, I'm pretty sure that's the name of it. Um, and there were plenty of people there that were so grateful and so humble and knew that I saw one one young man I mean he was I knew I could tell he was embarrassed to take the items 
embarrassed. But he did. He did because he needed them. But I also knew that I believe that that's the type of person that will dig his way out and come back and help the rest of the people in need because he got himself out. Uh, but something is wrong somewhere when a giveaway like that, you know, for the needy, for children, doubles in a year in a city the size of Dallas. I don't know that that should be. No, that should actually be that way. I don't think so. But anyway, Mercury One did a great, it was wonderful, it was so nice. And, you know, I mean, all the city officials were there and, you know, uh, plenty of plenty of the Dallas people uh, were all there uh, doing doing their good. And uh, it was it was beautiful. It was wonderful. There, of course, were, you know, scuffles and people arguing and and fighting and and uh there was that's just what's going to happen um i think we've resigned ourselves to that which probably we shouldn't it's probably we could ask a little bit more of people at something like this but we haven't been so when it happens we're like oh there you go but there was you know people people fight but other than that, it was beautiful. So Mercury, if you can help Mercury One out at any time throughout the year, do so. They do great work. MercuryOne.org. And they do, uh, you know, the money that they give when you go to their website and they say it's going to uh, save Bill's pants. It's very important to save Bill's pants. Uh, that's where the money's going. It's not going somewhere else. Uh, that's why we had the big fundraiser not long ago. So that that money that we made as the fundraiser is what pays the bills. The rest of the dollar bills that you send help what you want them to help for. People give money all the time for something to help something and only to find out that the pittance of what they gave is going to actually help what they cared for. And that's a shame and should be damn near criminal. But it's not. And so that's fine. If you believe you're doing good with those companies, you give them your money. And you do good in your heart and soul. If you don't, and you want a company and a place to go that will do good, MercuryOne.org. And they just partnered up with Our Rescue, be saving uh, these sex slave children from around the world. I mean, Tim Ballard is that guy. I would love to help him. I would love to go and, and, and pretend to be a dirtbag. Don't look at me like that, like I'd have to pretend. Don't. Look at me like that, like you think, oh, you got to pretend to be a dirtbag. All right, sure. Why don't you go pretend? But these guys are legitimately evil dirtbags. And I don't know that I could do it. I don't know that I could do it. I could pull it off maybe once, maybe. I mean, once you quote me on this, once you're in, you're in. So, you know, you probably could. But. It's so hard. These young children are so young and vulnerable and they're being used and abused for these evil thugs. Poor excuses for humans. Bad. MercuryOne.org, Our Rescue, MercuryOne.org, and Our Rescue. Uh, If you can help, 
you go right on ahead and help and they would appreciate it all right so uh the people in california i talked a little bit about uh, the money to the uh stories coming down look at the thousands of acres i mean two weeks ago uh, it's burned more than 1,000 structures. It started two weeks ago. It's burned over 1,000 structures, 750 homes, 18,000 more still threatened. This is the Thomas Fire. It is still burning. They have it 45% uh, contained. Um, the winds are still blowing. Uh, they had the big funeral for Corey Iverson, uh, the firefighter that lost his life. Uh, the four, and now get this. Uh, so many of where it's going now is part of the... Um, the area in which many people who have a lot of money live. So it'll be very difficult to feel sorry for them because they will be able to rebuild and their beautiful homes will be able to be rebuilt. And so it'll be difficult to say, oh, too bad. You lost your 10,000 square foot home, huh? It's tough, tough break. Well, actually it is. Nobody wants to see anyone's home go down. So if you can... If you can find a way in your heart to pray for these people, I would begin to pray for them. Because you're not going to. Uh, it's fires. <laughs> fires are dangerous, man. Dangerous. And without any rain and the wind kicking up, real danger. It's a, it's a monster danger to, uh, to have that. Oh, do we have, do we have the, uh, the new footage uh, from the UFO? That they caught on tape? Because, look, we had this press conference from NASA last week. And they talked to NASA and Google, and they all got together, and they talked that the new Kepler robot would, you know, whatever, the Kepler would be space and space aliens and communicate and do everything. And then they released this footage, I believe, uh, off the west coast of the country, uh, the west coast, San Diego, to be exact, in 2004. So this is like 100 years ago. I mean, tell me 2004 isn't 100 years ago. Tell me. It's not 100 years ago. Tell me it's not 100 years ago and mean it. It's not 100 years ago, Jeff. It's only like 12 or 13. Go ahead, I know, but tell me that's not 100 years ago and really mean it. Tell me, because you know you're wrong. You know you're wrong. There's no way 2004? Look where we're at now. 2004 is like another lifetime, man. Oof. I mean, it, it truly is another lifetime. But they released this footage. Of what is believed to be, uh, I guess, I guess it is a UFO. It is an unidentified flying object, but I don't know that it is actually alien footage. But let's see the let's see the footage and see if we can tell. Dude, there's a drone, bro. There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the SA. My gosh! Oh my gosh! Look at that! They're all going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. The whole thing, dude. Come on, dude. Look at it. Dude. That's not an LNS, though, is it? It's not. That is an LNS, dude. Well, the fair's like that thing. It's rotating. Look at that thing, dude. It's rotating. Look at it. Dude. Dude, look at that. There's a whole fleet of them. Look at We never did see the fleet. Look at them. All we heard was, look at the fleet of them. Oh, my. That's what we heard. And look, the it's rotating. Dude. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Check it out. Oh, yeah. Check it out. 
Is that the whole? Is that all the whole video? Because I thought I'd seen some, and it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It was fine. It was fine. Um, I don't know about you, but to me, that right there, <laughs> proof, proof, there's alien life. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. Who keeps turning my mic on? Why are you doing that? Okay, here's the deal. Two things. I'll turn my own mic on. I'll turn it off. I don't need you to do it for me. Second thing, Facebook. Here's the guy. Uh, former Facebook exec, now walking back what he said. Oh, really? Really? You think? Well, apparently, and I can't, his name is Tamath P-A-L-I-H-A-P-I-T-I-Y-A. All right, how do we pronounce his last name? You can't do it? Okay. It's fine. It's hoping to have a professional pronounce his name for you. But we're not going to have that happen. While we're looking for that, we do have his original video that he's now walking back at the University of Michigan. Right? Uh, he talked about the study that they did. And he talked about the role. He was uh, at a uh, He was at a talk. Where the heck he was at? Where the heck he was doing his talk? I want to say it was here in Stanford. And I want to say, would you watch him speak? Also, I want you to take a look at, I am, that jacket he's wearing looks nice and comfortable. The whole time he's talking, I'm like, that is a nice jacket. So here's uh, Tamath P.L. P-A-L-I-H-A-P-I-T-I-Y-A. The short-term dopamine-driven feedback loops that we have created are destroying how society works. Tell me that's not a nice jacket. No civil discourse, no cooperation, misinformation, mistruth. And it's not an American problem. This is not about Russian ads. This is a global problem. So... We are in a really bad state of affairs right now, in my opinion. It is, it is eroding the core foundations of how people behave by and between each other. We curate our lives around this perceived sense of perfection because we get rewarded in these short-term signals, hearts, likes, thumbs up, and we conflate that with value and we conflate it with truth. You don't realize it, but you are being programmed. It was unintentional. But now you got to decide how much you're willing to give up, how much of your intellectual independence. Tell, 
Tell me that's not a nice jacket he's wearing. Tell me. All right. You heard him. I mean, you heard what the man said. And now he, uh, look, my comments were meant to start an important conversation, not to criticize one company, particularly the one I love. Okay, I don't want to do that. He, uh, when asked about the role social media society and its potential effect, I feel tremendous guilt. He said we didn't do it on purpose, right? We didn't do all these things on purpose. But it happened, and now we know about it, and now we got to figure it out. Uh, I guess uh, Facebook uncharacteristically issued a response on t- uh, after multiple publications picked up on P A L I H A P I T I Y A's uh, comments. Do you have that yet? Can we pronounce his name, please? Correctly? Thanks to the computer and Google. I'm not getting any response, so apparently we don't. Okay. <laughs> disappointing that's all just wanted to have it pronounced for you correctly so you knew what the guy's name was okay that's all that's all I wanted I just wanted, just wanted the, I wanted the audience to have the name pronounced correctly so they didn't have to have me just you know Pella Hapai Pepatia Pella Hapitia Pella Hapitia Pella Hapitia yeah that's it P A L I H A P I T I Y A. So he walked it back, but you heard his comments at Stanford, and it is uh, a little frightening. Just a tad frightening uh, that, uh, you know, it works like that. And we kind of knew that anyway. Really, did we? I think we did. I think we did. I think you did. I think you did too. I think you did too. So, again, though, after all that, Tell me that's not a no. Put him back up there. After all that, tell me that's not a nice jacket he's wearing. Tell me. I mean, that's a nice looking jacket. Bring that up full screen. I I I want that. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it's made of, but I can almost feel it now. Look at that. That's a that's a nice jacket. I mean, I hate to even see it ruined with that microphone on it. You ought to just put that on his shirt. It doesn't hurt the jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so I, I got it. I got it. I, I don't, there's no need for you to look at me like that. I understand. It's, I understand, okay? I understand. I got it. But is it destroying our society? You know, probably. Handheld devices for all of us, is it destroying us? Probably. Do we need computers in our life to... to to text someone sitting at the same table with us, you know, is it bad for us? Probably. Do I care? I'm about ready to be ch- chipped, actually. That's how much I care. I want to be chipped. Don't even, don't give me the thumbs up if you don't, don't do it, because I'm way past it already, but I'll go back. I'm way past it, but I'll go back. So, former Facebook exec that we were just talking about that has a nice jacket in his, in his, at Stanford, Chamath, Chamath, holy cow, doomed I am. You're never going to know his name. I wanted you to know his name. I wanted you to know his name. P-A-L-I-H-A-P-I-T-I-Y-A, Chamath, Chamath. 
to math. To math. Ah, see. All right. You know why? You know why that's not happening? Because he, Ron, in the other room, hates you. And he obviously hates me too, but he hates you worse. Because I was doing it for you. So it'll be too, I'm not sure who he hates, me or you worse. I'm guessing you. Because I wanted to have you be able to know how to pronounce his name properly. And now, you don't. So, I can't do anything about it now. I wish I could. I mean, there's, if I had time, I could probably, you know, have him talk to somebody and explain to him how to do it. I could probably sit here on my phone right now and just text somebody and say, hey, do you mind calling Ron and letting him know how to do it so that our audience would be able to pronounce Tomas real, you know, real last name so you know who he's talking about? You know, the guy so you could, you could, you could maybe, I don't know, Facebook him and see if he's got, a, see where he got his jacket. Cause that's where I'm, that's what I'm doing. I think I'm going to. I'm going to direct message him on Twitter and say, dude, where'd you get your jacket? And is there a fat guy size? Because it's very possible there's not. Jackets like that, ooh, tough to find fat guy sizes in those jackets. There's no question. So anyway, I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, plenty more, oh, plethora of merchandise for you tomorrow. Uh, thanks for coming along for the ride today. I appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow. Doc Thompson, first thing in the morning. Glenn Beck, then right back here with Pat Gray Unleashed and myself, Jeff Fisher, on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for coming along for the ride today. I appreciate it. Ron, though, hates you. He hates you. He doesn't want he doesn't like you know how to pronounce names. That's what it is. This is what it is. So I can't do anything about it. Sorry. He hates you. That's all. That's all I'm saying. You know, the funny thing is, is that most of the time in any kind of media process where you have television and radio together and you brought them together and the merging of entertainment and enlightenment, you want people to think that you're making them smarter and helping them. Not run. Not run. Not one little bit. He hates you. Okay? He doesn't. See you tomorrow. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.